Please listen carefully. Hey folks, Coach Chris here. Um, today's episode is actually a also a blog post um, that will go up on our website around the same time this posts. Um, and so if you were in- more interested in reading about it, you can go to CrossFitCona.com and go to our blog and it'll be posted there. Uh, but it's all about my training and eating habits um, from this past year. So this is uh, something that Rob Wolf has done. Um, and if you don't know Rob Wolf, just look him up, R-O-B-B, and then Wolf, like the animal, W-O-L-F. He's uh, one of the first uh, kind of pioneers in terms of the paleo movement. Um, he studied under uh, Lauren Cordain, and Rob Wolf uh, was one of those people who I followed back when I started CrossFit and um, got a lot of nutrition information from him. So having followed him, he does these annual blog posts about his training. And so I thought I would do one about mine, um, to give some insight. So, um, yeah, let's start with eating. So ever since starting CrossFit 10 years ago, um, I've learned about and experimented with all sorts of different diets, paleo zone, gluten-free intermittent fasting, uh, whole 30 keto, all these all these things that are labeled as diets, but you know, really when we think of diet, we want to think about sustainable eating. Like what is your diet, AKA what do you eat day to day rather than just like a 30 day uh, challenge, which, you know, we're not against 30 day challenges per se, but um, those challenges we want to use more as um, information for people to make their choices day to day in a sustainable way. So instead of doing, you know, like a 30 day cleanse where people only drink lemon juice and, you know, mint, uh, we would rather people learn about their choices and how it affects their body. So that's how we see challenges. Anyway, um, yeah, so I've, I've played around with all sorts of things. Um, you know, I would say over the past year, um, uh, my eating has definitely loosened up a bit more than in past, um, you know, I think that's having a two-year-old uh, and having, you know, all different kinds of snacks and food in the house um, definitely kind of um, that it can be attributed to that. Um, also, having opened the box a year, not quite a year ago, I think has also, you know, made us look at more convenience rather than um, focusing solely on quality. Um, so that's just the kind of give and take that happens day to day. Um, you know, now, so that's not to say that we don't have that, that we have pasta every night. Um, that's not true, but it, you know, we'll have, um, let's say on the weekend and we're cooking at home. If we do at home, then we might do like eggs and bacon on English muffins. Um, if I'm out and I order a burger, I'll have the bun Um, or if we're with friends and we order pizza, I will have the pizza. So it's, um, it's definitely not paleo. Um, if anything, I have 
probably done more macro counting than usual this past over the past let's say six months um just because i go in waves in terms of what i'm interested in doing um now what is interesting is that in the in my workouts i've felt more capable i don't want to say like i'm i don't want to uh, say that i'm like killing it in the gym because i'm definitely not but um for the very basic training that i'm doing in the daily workouts i have felt better than i thought i would and i think that's because when i do track my macronutrients then it, it it keeps me accountable to getting a good amount of food in me um to have energy for workouts um so in in terms of the macronutrients i'll give you some numbers um I am so I'm thirty. I just turned thirty four, um, so the my the blog post is titled "My Training at 34. Um, I am five eight, uh, and I'll weigh in anywhere from one hundred and sixty to one hundred and sixty five pounds. Um, we just invested in an in body scanner at the box, so this is a machine where you stand on it, and it will send electrical signals through your body and read what's called bioimpedance. So basically it's measuring what signals come back to the machine. Now the difference between that machine and let's say a, like a, a regular scale you would get at Bed Bath & Beyond uh, that also says that it measures electrical signals is that this one will take a direct reading um, of those signals whereas a consumer scale will kind of guesstimate what your numbers are based on, on a bank of statistics that it has in its computer. So it can be accurate, those consumer sales definitely can be accurate if it happens to line up with you and your body, but, um, not always. Um, so, and so that uncertainty is why we invested in an in-body scale. So on that, I'll read anywhere from 10 to 12% body fat. Um, and it will also give a basal metabolic rate, um, which is basically the amount of calories you need simply to exist uh, or simply to, you know, if you were to just sit on a couch and breathe and, and not really do anything, it will tell you the amount of calories that you should be consuming. For me, that's around 1,700 or, or, or 1,770 calories, okay? Now, knowing that, you know, I'm coaching class and I'm taking um, class three or four times a week, uh, I need to be eating more than that. And so that works out doing some, some calculations and running some numbers um, that I can get into on a different podcast. Basically, that works out to be, um, for protein, about 185 grams of protein, 68 grams of fat. Um, carbs are at 278, um, and all of that added up is about 2,500 calories. So when I do track my macros... Uh, those are my numbers that I kind of aim for. Um, it's not that easy. It is a good amount of food for me. Uh, I naturally tend to not eat much um, relative to how I probably should. So left to my own devices, I will kind of intermittent fast in the morning. I, I, If I have a choice, I won't eat breakfast, both out of convenience and then also because I'm not that hungry. And so I'll usually have coffee, which also that caffeine and the coffee will um, kind of save off any sort of hunger signals. So um, 
if I am counting macros, then I kind of force myself to eat breakfast because I know that I need those macronutrients and calories um, so that I don't ha- have to overload later in the day. Uh, in terms of what I'm eating for breakfast, um, it, it, when I first opened the box, I was getting Kettlebell Kitchen breakfasts, uh, which were usually like scrambled eggs or like um, uh, breakfast sausage and um, sweet potato hash. And it's not too different now. I mean, I'll, um, there's a local coffee place where they now serve omelets, so I might do that. Um, or I might just bring leftover dinner for breakfast. Um, so for instance, like a, last this past week we made uh, pulled pork and sweet potatoes, and so I just divvied that up, and that's what I have for breakfast. And then lunch is usually a meal from Kettlebell Kitchen. So Kettlebell Kitchen is a service where we can order online and it gets delivered to the box uh, twice a week. Now they also do deliver to houses. They, they mail, they can mail the meals. Um, so if you're interested in getting meals from Kettlebell Kitchen, you don't have to belong here to this box. Um, if you live near a CrossFit box and they use Kettlebell Kitchen because they are nationwide, then I would look into that because that's super convenient. And you're paying about anywhere from, you know, ten, eleven, twelve dollars if for the larger meals it's more like fourteen dollars. Um but if you think about going out to lunch, you're probably gonna spend about that much anyway, and on less quality food. So Mutton Lunch is usually a, a large athlete meal from Kettlebell Kitchen, which just means that it has typically has more carbs than than normal. Um again, that's to hit my numbers. And then dinner is usually some sort of meat and vegetable and you know again depending on if i'm tracking or not um i have a container i usually have a container of white rice in the fridge that i'll use to kind of make up Um, because if there's a number that i need to hit it's usually going to be the carbs since it's 278 grams which is a decent amount um you know and, and i would say that's that's for me and my goals if um my goal was purely aesthetics, so how I looked. Like if I wanted to be as ripped and have very little body fat, then I probably or I know I would not have the white rice um, because it's a starchy carb and it. I, I view rice as a tool um, because it's technically not paleo, but because it's a starch um, that's gluten-free naturally, I don't, I don't think it's a terribly bad thing unless you know you know number one that you want to lean out then I wouldn't have it if uh, I know some people that don't react well to rice because they've tried it and they they just know they get bloated or whatever the case may be so obviously then you don't really want to have it Um, but for me it's a tool because um, when I am tracking my food uh, I want to fuel up for workouts okay in terms of Pre-workout and post-workout, I've covered this in past podcasts, but um, pre-workout, I may have a, a pre-workout um, uh, a, a pre-workout from SFH, Stronger, Faster, Healthier. Um, it depends on the workout and, and how I'm feeling, it, so it's not always the case. Post-workout, I almost always have a shake made of um, protein powder and sweet potato powder. And both are from this company called Equip, E-Q-U-I-P. 
Um, their protein is a beef isolate, and I like that because I don't always respond the best to dairy. And so as a beef isolate, it's made from beef, which kind of sounds gross, but it's actually, it tastes, they flavor it with chocolate. And so it's a, it's a chocolate flavor. And then the sweet potato powder is for, um, uh, basically carbs post-workout. So after a workout it is usually the best time to get carbs in because especially after a high intensity workout, your muscles are basically screaming for carbohydrate. And so that's a really good time when your body is insulin sensitive and will kind of soak up those carbs um, as a very crude analogy. And so, uh, yeah, I'll do a scoop of protein, a scoop of uh, sweet potato powder. If it's a longer workout or a very intense workout and I'm feeling more drained, then I might have two scoops. And depending on the time of day, well, actually, it doesn't depend on the time of day. I will almost always have that post-workout shake. Uh, but if it is in the late afternoon that I'm working out and I have the shake, uh, it doesn't really affect my eating dinner. I'll I'll go home and, and have dinner. So um, that is something that I do consistently. Um, I do find that weekends are harder to control, uh, mostly because of social plans or simply going out to eat. So weighing and measuring things is a lot harder. Um, and I, and I typically don't do it, uh, because of those situations and that's fine for me. Um, there are definitely some people who like, let's say games athletes or people who are looking to, uh, really lean out or something like that, or even for performance for a very specific performance, um, who need to track their macronutrients and some will bring scales out and weigh and measure their food while they're out. Um, or they'll avoid situation, social situations, but I'm just not in that place. So I, I sometimes do care about, you know, counting and kind of weighing and measuring. Uh, but it's rarely, or it's almost never that strict. And all this and, and things related to my training kind of go to this thing that I'm, I'm just now looking into from a, uh, it's a concept from Gretchen Rubin who wrote the happiness project and she has this book called The Four Tendencies. And basically, it talks about the um, outer expectations from other people and then the inner expectations from yourself and whether you live up or meet those expectations or, or even want to. And because of the, the combinations of inner or outer expectations, whether you you know feel an obligation to meet those, there are four different types of people or four different tendencies. And... Uh, she has a um, a self-assessment on her website. So if you just Google Gretchen Rubin, R-U-B-I-N, and for tendencies, you can take this quiz. Um, and I will, uh, I'll link to it in the blog post too. But um, I am a rebel. And so what that means is, you know, I resist expectations or obligation uh, or meeting expectations from both outer expectations and inner. Um, so what does this mean for for eating and, and counting you know, macronutrients, it basically means I'm inconsistent because I could, I could have someone tell me to count my macros and part of me will say, well, no, I don't want to. And I could also tell myself that I want to count macronutrients for 30 days straight and I will also tell myself, no, I don't want to do that. So it's, um, you know, it's it's kind of frustrating because I know myself and I know that even if I want to do something, 
um, it's going to be hard to be consistent with it. Um, but it, you know, it is what it is. Um, I will, um, you know, I'm not heading to the games anytime soon. Uh, if ever, uh, I, I won't be heading to the games. So, um, I don't feel like I need to track things that closely. Um, but that's also related to my personality. So, um, in terms of coffee, I feel like I have to talk about coffee because I generally talk about it a lot. I have coffee every day. If I'm coaching in the morning, which is four days a week, uh, I will, I have a coffee set up at the box. I'll get in, um, and make myself a, uh, an espresso shot and then a Starbucks cake cup. So essentially it's a, um, a self-made or do-it-yourself black eye, which is a, uh, a nickname or a shortcut nickname. Uh, when I go to Starbucks or if I go to Starbucks, um, I order a venti black eye and, uh, like red eye, but a double shot. So it's a black eye and, uh, that's it. So I, I won't add any extra like sugar or cream or anything like that because, um, I like my coffee black. And if it's the weekend, I will do a similar thing at home, except instead of a K-cup, I'll do a pour-over. So I won't explain what all of those are, but if you're interested or know what those are, then, or if you're interested in learning more, you can look up pour-over and uh, Nespresso. Uh, all right, so I think that's about it on food. I mean, my general philosophy is eating real food is definitely better um, in terms of general recommendations for everyone then eating real food is, is definitely the way to go. And then if you have goals related to training or aesthetics, then counting your calories and macronutrients is definitely one of the things that you should be doing just to have information. If your goal is simply to, you know, um, have like a minimum effective dose, like or, uh, you know, have the easiest thing possible without needing to think and weigh and measure, then just having quality food is really the best way to go. Um, okay. Sleep. So I feel like I needed to have a category of sleep. I don't know if I'll continue that in future years, but, um, since opening a box and, you know, coaching morning classes, I would say this is definitely one of the biggest changes, uh, for me in terms of, of not getting enough sleep. And I know that. Um, so I will typically get up around, well, at 4.30, um, especially on days that I'm coaching morning class. Uh, so up by 4.30, out the door by 4.45, uh, to coach the 5.30 class. It takes about 20 minutes to get to the box. And I like to get here early to get set up and, and write the whiteboard out and all that. Um, the... Other kind of factor is having a two and a half year old who likes to get up at you know one a.m. three a.m. Uh, whenever he wants, and uh, also because we took the front of his crib off, and so he can just get out of bed and get out of his room and come to our room whenever he wants. So sleep has definitely not been the most consistent. Uh, so I I try to get to bed around ten p.m. Some days or some nights I am wiped and, you know, go to bed sooner than that. But let's say on average it's about 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. And then I'm usually up around 4.30. If there's a day, so on Thursdays I, am, I drop Connor off, 
usually and uh so in that case i'll try to sleep in but again it depends on when he's getting up and then on weekends it depends on if i'm coaching or not uh, usually i am and these past few weekends uh we've been running the crossfit open workouts so i'm usually up around um let's say 6 a.m even on weekends uh depending on on when connor is up and when i want to get up either to read or to get stuff done before going to coach so sleep is definitely taking a hit um but that's just something that i know uh, for right now I'm, i'm willing to deal with and um I don't usually nap, but if I do, uh, every once in a while in a blue moon, I'll take, I might take a nap at the box or go home early and take a nap. Um, and usually if, if I do that, it's about 30 minutes. So sleep is definitely one of those things right now. That's a, uh, do as I say, not as I do type, type deal. So it just, it is what it is. Cause I want to run a good business and, uh, there's only so many hours in the day. So trying to create systems so that I can get more sleep. And uh, hopefully next year I have a different um, routine. In terms, okay, so in terms of training, in terms of working out, um, I don't really work out that much. Uh, maybe as much as people might think because I am a box owner. I have I, I, I have this... I think people think box owners are able to work out all the time or, um, and some do, uh, but you know, I, my main goal is to, to run a good business. So some people open a box because they love working out and I just, I'm not one of those people. I open a box cause I, I like helping people. And, um, even before opening a box, I worked out mostly because of the social interaction and the social atmosphere, um, because it was fun. So, you know, I don't want to say that, the, I, I guess I want to say that there are box owners who do work out a lot and, you know, there's a lot of games athletes who own a box and they obviously work out a lot because they go to the CrossFit Games. So I don't think running a really I don't think running a good business and working out a lot have to be exclusive, uh, but I do think it's a fine line because of the amount of hours in a day and and whether or not you have the systems in place to work out. So we're in our first year. I don't think I'm in a place where I can dedicate four hours a day to working out. Nor do I really want to, intrinsically, and so I don't. So. How much do I work out? It kind of depends week to week. It's about three or four workouts a week. And it's almost always with the class. So I, uh, like I said, I like the social atmosphere of the class. Uh, I will work out alone if I have to, but um, I'm way more motivated to work out when there's other people around. Um, I, um, I'm not doing any extra program, any extra programs um, like I have in the past. So I've done squat programs like small of hatch. I played around with, uh, things like outlaw way, way back in the day. Um, CrossFit football, uh, Invictus, a uh, whole bunch of different programs. But nowadays I am just doing the daily wad and, uh, that we have here at Kana and, uh, that works for me. So, 
I would definitely say the when I do keep track of my eating, it does help me in terms of having more energy and and hitting lifts that I didn't that I wouldn't think I could hit uh, because I'm not on a specific program. So for instance, earlier, um, I don't know if it was in this past year in 2018 or if it was the end of 2017, but I hit uh, a 330 front squat. So a front squat for 330 pounds. Um, and that felt really good. And I, and I remember I was counting my, or was weighing and measuring my food and all that. Um, I recently did a competition, a partner competition and, um, deadlifted 430 for four reps. Um, and then we had a holiday party here and I did 52 unbroken pull-ups. So all that, and that's, and I'm not working out a ton. I mean, three to four workouts is definitely reasonable in, in terms of, um, kind of minimum effective dose, but I would not say that's, that's a ton of training. Um, so I would like to get to the point where I'm kind of on a, either a three on one off schedule, like crossfit.com programs, or, you know, get that up to, you know, five, basically get that up to five or six workouts a week, but I'm just, I'm not there right now. Um, but I'm happy with how I've been doing in the daily workouts when I do do them. And then, um, also the CrossFit open has been fine. I've only been doing each open workout once. Um, I have not repeated them. So in past years I have repeated a few, if not, um, all of each of the open workouts, but this year I'm taking a completely different approach and just kind of doing it and seeing where I am with the mindset of, you know, if this were a, a live competition, you only get one shot at it. So one and done. And the open workouts, I've definitely, I definitely feel like I can do better if I repeat. But again, I'm, I'm kind of going to the mindset of, uh, you know, what if this was a live competition? So, and hopefully that makes me want to push it, the pace a little more, uh, in the future open workouts. So, you know, I learn something new every week, but that's kind of the point. And I'm not letting, you know, if I did let myself do repeats, then I would kind of rely on that. And, uh, I don't want to do that at least for now. So that's where I am with the open and repeats. Um, let's see. Always working on mobility. I think that's always something that most people need to work on, and I definitely need to. Um, I've been playing around with some mobility wad stuff from Kelly Starrett. I have yet to get into a routine with it, and that's the rebel tendency that I have that I talked about before. So it's always a work in progress. 18.3 had overhead squats in it at 115 pounds, which for most people or most people doing CrossFit for 10 years like me is not a big deal. Um, in the past, 115-pound overhead squats for 20 reps would have given me a lot of trouble. Um, but for this one, it felt really good. So I know I, I can still continue to work on overhead squat form and um, mobility, but uh, I, have, I was pretty happy with how 18.3 went in terms of the overhead squats. So... I probably could have pushed the pace a little bit more and gotten more reps, but um, that particular part of it, I was I was pretty happy with. Um, and then the other thing coming up in May, uh, so right now it's March 14th. Um, in May, I signed up for the Broadsheet Run, which is a 10-miler in Philadelphia. So 
I think I just did that because I used to run it um, a, a few years and then um, got away from it. And, you know, it's just a fun run with a lot of people around. And uh, 10 miles is a, a decent distance, but it's not so crazy like a marathon, which I've also run, uh, which definitely takes a ton of time. 10 miles is something where... I can basically do the daily workouts and maybe one extra run a week and um and and hopefully do decently. Um so I guess we'll see. I haven't run a race in years, like an actual running race, so uh I could I could fall completely flat on my face either literally or figuratively and uh I guess this will just be a good test. So Training wise, uh, that will be a uh, a goal of mine to do, to do well. I don't, I haven't thought about a time in terms of how I want to run it, but um, let's say uh, under seventy. Well, I don't. I have to look at my past times, but seventy minutes plus or minus seventy minutes. All right. Um, what else? In terms of other stuff, uh, I gave up photography gigs. So uh, I used to do wedding photography and family photography and since opening up the box and even before that when I thought I was opening up and we got delayed, I gave up uh, paid photography gigs mostly because I wanted to focus solely on this CrossFit business and that's where I'm still at. So weddings are definitely out of the question because it takes a you know, first of all, it takes a whole day to obviously shoot the wedding, but then the editing of, you know, three, four or 5,000 photos after that, um, takes way longer than people think, you know, it's not just a matter of popping in a memory card to a computer, downloading the photos and then posting them. Um, there's a ton of actual edits that happen. And so, um, I really, I don't think I'm going to get into wedding back into wedding photography, um, because, because it is fun. Um, and giving the couple the, their photos is really satisfying, but um, it's just it's just a lot of time. So, family photography might be doable in the future, but for right now, I'm trying to focus on Kana and making it, you know, uh, a really sustainable business. And so that's my focus. Um, in terms of books and reading, uh, I have not read nearly as much as last year last year being, let's say, 2016 into 2017 before I opened the box. Um, you know, before opening the box, I was traveling for work. And if I was traveling, let's say, on a plane or, you know, or driving places, uh, I could listen to audiobooks. And so I just haven't consumed as many books as I, us- as I did a year ago. Um, but that's okay because now I am doing instead of learning. So I still listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I listen to NPR's How I Built This, uh, Girls Gone Wad, Three Two One Pro- Go Project, which is CrossFit business specific. Um, and then depending on the the topic or the title of the podcast, uh, Brute Strength uh, CrossFit has a podcast. Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins, Julie Fouché, Two Disabled Dudes, which is a podcast by my buddy Kyle Bryant, and. Um, and basically any other random podcasts that deal with business or fitness. Um, so I'm very mindful of uh, or seeking information about how to run a better, a better business. And so basically any f- content that's related to running a good business, I will um, consume. 
and then try to put it into action. Um, and then obviously we have this podcast, but um, you know that because you're listening to it. So, and then what else? Travel, in terms of travel, we've done some long weekends. Um, not a, have not taken a whole week off yet. Um, I mean, that will eventually be the goal to take a week off or to even two weeks like a normal person would. Um, and so hopefully over the next year, we'll build out the systems and have a coaching staff in order to do that. So, um, you know, I'm glad that we traveled to the places we did uh, before having Connor, before opening a box. So we did Peru, we did Tanzania, Iceland, Mont Blanc, Italy. Um, you know, I'm probably missing a couple places, but I'm really glad we did those. But, uh, right now I am focused on spending time with the family and running a good business. And that's pretty much it. Trying to not get too distracted with other things for right now. So, Uh, I think that's about it. If you guys have any questions, you guys can hit us up on social media or email us. Otherwise, have a great day. Hey, folks. Thanks again for listening to Cross Econa Radio. If you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, which helps us get found on the interwebs. Also, head over to social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Cross Econa, K-A-N-N-A. And if you have any questions for the podcast, email us at info at Thanks and have a great day.